Tom Skilling, I just want to give you a hug today because we have another fantastic weather day. I'll take a hug anytime you offer it, Lisa. I, I, I wish I could take credit for this. But thanks, Mother Nature. Uh, nature's come through for us. I, I can imagine, Tom, that a lot of people on great days just want to run up to you and say, oh, thank you. And on bad days, they just want to, you know, give you the evil eye. <laughs> you know what, Lisa? I'll tell you, I've gotten to the point where I say, please, uh, no compliments, because then you'll let me have it when it goes bad on us, uh, you know, and... Uh, you know, we're intimately associated with this just because we report on the subject. But obviously, there isn't a lot that we have to do with it. We look on like everybody else does. But, I'm, you know, Lisa, I'm struck by the fact when you look at the variety of weather going on around us, how lucky we've been, relatively speaking, this summer. I, we're really enjoying some beautiful weather. You've got heat in Europe, heat in China, flooding rains in Texas, the monsoon flooding the southwest drought and and heat in the Pacific Northwest, and here we are sitting uh, in beautiful shade. It's just been gorgeous. Hey, Tom Skilling is with us from WGN-TV. Our conversations on Tuesday brought to you by Permaseal Basement Systems. I hope they do business in Texas because, boy, those people are in a world of hurt. Incredible. Um, You know, it was interesting. They had a heavy rain, and as these heavy rains always do uh, at this time of the year, they had one inch in some locations and up to 15 inches and even more in others. Uh, it's the fifth one in a thousand year uh, rain that we've had hit the United States. You know, we had those rains in St. Louis that made the news. We had the rains in Kentucky that made the news. We had downstate southeast Illinois rains. And now the latest uh, area to be hit is uh, around Dallas-Fort Worth. And you know what's interesting, Lisa? They had been in a state of severe and exceptional drought down there. So it's it's another example of these crazy whiplash precipitation extremes we go through where you're, you're in the middle of a crippling drought and all of a sudden the heavens open up and there's nowhere to put all the water that comes down, which is what happens. They've declared parts of the Dallas area a disaster area. And it uh, broke records. Uh, There's only one other rain that came close to that in their record book for 24 hours. They had nine inches in Dallas itself yesterday. So pretty amazing. Yeah, our our morning news guy, Steve Grzanich, tweeted something. And it was the dinosaur tracks at the bottom of a riverbed in Dinosaur Valley State Park in Texas. That's about an hour and a half south of Dallas-Fort Worth. The tracks are 113 million years old, and they were exposed because it was so dry. And I'm thinking, if you didn't get a good look at them, they're probably back underwater today, right? Well, you know, if uh, the runoff from the Dallas-Fort Worth area affects it, yeah. Um, You know, it's interesting. Eastern Texas has undergone a a slow increase in the amount of rain they get, uh, whereas western Texas, like much of the southwest U.S., has gotten drier. You know, we see that in the Midwest. Overall, even though we've had some dry spells, overall, um, our rainfall and the number of extreme rain events we get has been on the increase around here. So quite interesting. I That's an interesting observation from Steve. Yeah, and we played a, a clip of a girl who had just moved into an apartment um, before the newscast and before we came to you. She'd been in her apartment for two days, I'm guessing no renter's insurance, woke up to what oh. looks like six, eight inches, maybe 12 inches of water in her apartment oh. in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it's just... It, 
what can you do about it? I mean, they, the yeah. numbers of, of rescues that Dallas and Fort Worth were required to perform, you know, in the yeah. hundreds. and Hundreds of them. Yeah, they definitely were. You know, uh, Lisa, my folks lived through that 17-inch rain that we had in July of uh, 1996. It was the year after that deadly heat wave. That's the biggest Illinois 24-hour rain we've ever had. That hit the Naperville Aurora area. And, uh, you know, they lived on essentially what was an island for three days. Um, It was, and my mother never felt that she had cleaned up after that. You know, Mm. no matter what you do, uh, you lose, uh, you know, family heirlooms and everything else. And you clean up or you try to after that. But there's something about the invasion of all that filthy flood water that you just never seem to get over. Yeah. And here's a tip for everyone. Don't buy a truck from from Texas in the next three, four, five, six months because <laughs> they love to ship all those flooded vehicles north and go, oh, no salt down here. It's all good. And then you find out, hey, why is my truck rusting from the inside out? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my mother, my aunt, uh, her sister, uh, went through the Johnstown, Pennsylvania flood. Uh, this was way back in the 1940s. And she had just gotten her first new car and started a new day on the job, parked it in a parking lot there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the floodwaters came up and completely engulfed her car. And she said it never ran again the same way after that. So good advice indeed. Be careful of those vehicles coming up north. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And, and Tom, can I get you a beagle or a collie? Would you like another dog? Because there's plenty of those breeds that need homes. Did you hear about the latest oh, story? No, I love beagles and collies. Mm. And we have little uh, uh, Penny right here who's joined the family. Tell me about this, Lisa. Okay, gonna... so 4,000 beagles were rescued in West Virginia from a medical research breeding facility. And about 100 have landed in South Elgin at Anderson Humane Center. But oh. now in Illinois, I think it must have been, I'm just guessing, a puppy mill breeding facility. They oh. went in yesterday and pulled out 200 collies in the Quad City area and that means they're going to need a lot of help and a lot of fosters because i think those humane or those animal control organizations in those smaller areas just don't have the means to take in 200 dogs you know the people who do that work are incredible Uh, my roommate my colleague from wgn sean lewis has has uh, hosted a lot of the fundraisers or a number of fundraisers over the years for these uh, these wonderful groups that treat these abused animals and everything else. And I mean, some of the stories you hear just are heart-wrenching and appalling. Uh, you know, so I hope they do a good job of uh, finding homes for these lovely little animals who uh, have done nothing to deserve that. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. And Sean does a great job. He came out to the Paws Chicago Beach Party and such a lovely guy. Okay, so uh, coming up, we'll continue our conversation with Tom Skilling from WGN-TV. We'll talk to you about what happened on this day in weather history. It was 30 years ago today, and you will remember. Um, And some Chicago weather stats. And is it the end of summer? We'll get Tom's perspective. That's next. But first, to check on weather and traffic with Mary Vandeveld. 
Chicago's Afternoon News, 720 WGN. Always a pleasure to talk to Tom Skilling from WGN-TV. And I know you've got a brain that remembers all these weather events. I have to look them up. But 30 years ago today, there was one event that dominated the headlines. Oh, yeah. Hurricane Andrew. Uh, What an amazing storm. That thing uh, roared into South Florida. You know, uh, Lisa, that was a Cat 5 hurricane. It crossed the South Florida Peninsula, went out into the Gulf, and then hit Louisiana again. But that thing just leveled uh, the area south of Miami. We went down a year after that with a WGN crew. We wanted to see how they were doing cleaning up. And you still walked on broken glass. We went down to a military retirement community called Naranja Lakes, which was down in uh, Homestead, uh, uh, Florida. And it had been abandoned, never has been reoccupied. It was home to 5,000 military retirees and their families. This thing was just devastated. And that was considered ground zero for Andrew that came ashore with 175-mile-an-hour winds. And you know something, Lisa, as we walked around with our WGN camera, people saw the the camera and came up to us and said, you know, they're only repeated, you know, reporting a certain number of people have died with this. They are way underestimating this because there were a lot of unregistered uh, folks down there. Oh, uh, yes. Family members, and they were afraid to report them for fear they would be, uh, you know, sent out of the country. But um, that was terrible. Um, even a year afterwards, they hadn't cleaned up. You know, it was interesting. We visited the National Hurricane Center. Bob Sheets was the director back then. That was a $29 billion hurricane. Had that hit up the coast, just 30 miles in the so-called the Gold Coast area north of Miami, that'd be Fort Lauderdale, Pompano Beach, that area, West Palm Beach. That would have been a $70 billion hurricane. And I remember Sheets telling me that that would have bankrupted uh, the Florida insurance industry oh, uh, in the case. Which would have affected all of us, all of our, it's not like our rates don't go up or we don't see supply no. chain issues every time there's a hurricane. But has this season been lighter? I know we're just at the beginning, yes. but. It has been extraordinarily quiet, particularly with all the forecasts of how active it would be. All the markers point toward an active season and, you know, history has shown that 90% of the Atlantic hurricane seasons beyond this date, that's when 90% of the tropical storms and hurricanes have happened. We've had three uh, so far named storms, and that's it. Uh, we haven't had a single hurricane yet. Now, that could come alive all of a sudden. But, you know, among the speculation, one of the among the factors that are being cited for possibly suppressing hurricanes is there's been a lot of dust blowing off the Sahara. And dust supersaturates the atmosphere with condensation nuclei, and that cuts down on the raindrops that can form. And you've got to have, you know, raindrops and and cumulonimbus thunderhead formation for hurricanes to form. You also need a calm environment. And uh, it's ironic that the greatest winds on Earth need a calm environment to get their act together. But we've got that this year. But there's been a tendency of Saharan dust to blow off and also for air to sink over the area where these hurricanes develop. That's despite fairly warm ocean waters. Hmm. So um, it's kind of a mystery. uh, And they're watching it very closely. There's nothing in sight as as likely to develop in the near term here that we see yet, Lisa. But that's changing a dime. Tom Skilling is with us. And Tom, I saw on Twitter somewhere that you said this weekend 
is the end of climatology. Give it to me, Tom. Climatological. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Congratulations. I didn't even attempt at that one is uh, is admirable. I'll tell you. Yeah, climatological uh, summer. Uh, You know, and we, for bookkeeping purposes, uh, divide the summers up into three-month periods. Summer, in our books, in the climatological books, uh, is June, July, and August. Of course, that comes to an end um, as we get into, actually, it's next week. But this is the final weekend of meteorological summer. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, We were, a year ago, about ready to go into a five-day, 90-degree heat wave. Um, and we're running about a degree and six-tenths cooler this August than we did last year. But summer as a whole is just cracking a little bit above the normal mark. Uh, we had a warm July, uh, statistically a normal uh, – uh, I'm sorry, a warm June, statistically a normal July and August. So if you average them all out, we're just a little bit above normal, and we're above normal on 90-degree days. But other than that, it's – been a pretty interesting summer. We've been dry this month, very dry in the city. Uh, July was wet. June was dry. So it's been a little dry this summer in many areas. But um, we've had some rains like the big ones we had west of us this past weekend. And what are we looking at for a forecast now? Well, it's going to get uh, warmer and more humid, and there could be a few thunderstorms Thursday. Tomorrow ought to be a beautiful day, a little patchy fog in the morning in outlying areas, but lots of sun, just like today. And we're talking about mid-80s tomorrow. Scattered thunderstorms day after on Thursday. Then Friday, a northeast wind walks in. That'll bring in waves and rip currents and drop the temperature into the 70s, and the humidity will come down for a day on, on Friday. But the weekend will start getting humid again, and by Sunday we could be flirting with 90. Same thing on Monday, and could have a couple of thunderstorms uh, then. Uh, and then next week the jet stream turns northwesterly, so I think we're going to go into a cooler pattern Tuesday forward next week. So uh, all in all, uh, nothing terribly horrible to write home about uh, yeah. at this point. Well, thank you for joining us on Chicago's Afternoon News. We'll be watching you on WGN-TV tonight, Tom. Thank you, Lisa. Good to talk to you, as always. You take care. Coming up next, Lauren Lapka has your news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom, and then we'll find out (laughs) why she called a guy a savage. It has something to do with him poking holes in a hot dog. We'll get the story on 720 WGN. We're Chicago's very own WGN.